0: is back, and we're back. Hello, everyone.
1: Hello. What's
0: going on, Lada?
1: Um, let's see. The weather's getting nicer, and we're traveling farther away into the borough. (laughs) What else is going on? Welcome back to Queen's Best of Podcast. I
0: know, right? We are on the beach today, and you'll hear more about that. It is. (laughs) A little chilly today, though, for Beaching, oh, but,
1: but the weather's just gotten so much better. I'm so glad that it's finally warming
0: up. I know, right? And Yay. remove the pollen. Hello, everyone, our listening audience, global folks, folks from near and far.
1: That's right. Thanks for tuning in once again to Queen's Best, the podcast. It's the Queen's Chamber of Commerce's podcast where we talk to food and beverage and hospitality entrepreneurs and owners and chefs all about their stories and give a positive place where we can hear everything about their business.
0: Yeah, the platform. That's so right. tune in and listen to us everywhere you get your podcast and also go to our Instagram. Queen's Best the podcast. You can see all can the see wonderful the food. food. Yeah, you can <laughs> see the food that we have consumed. And also visit Queen's Chambers website www.queenschamber.org for An amazing assortment and array of assortment and array, all the wonderful resources. That's right. That the chamber provides to businesses like yours, if you're a business owner in Queens County, gotta love it. So we have a great episode, an amazing episode. We're super excited. We're well, a couple things are happening. We're celebrating one year anniversary of the podcast. I can't believe it. A year has passed by really quick. Very wild. Like from the early days. If if you tuned in and you listened to us from the early days, we were not actually going out to the restaurants. No,
1: we were sitting in Jeff's office <laughs> at the Queen's <laughs> Chamber of Commerce ordering food in and kind of just making it up as we went along. We
0: were. Yeah. And then something happened and a spark, boom.
1: A brilliant idea to take this equipment on location and and meet the restaurant owners where they're at, take it into their businesses so they don't have to leave their place of work to come to us. And I thought that was brilliant. And
0: And the rest, shall we say, is history. And we have had amazing individuals set across from us and shared their journey with us over this past year. So if you have not listened to the early episodes, tune in and listen to the early episodes. But for this episode, we are thrilled to be joined by the chef, the owner behind the Cradle NYC here in Rockaway Beach. We're going to hear all about his story. I
1: cannot wait. I'm really looking forward to it. I heard a little rumor just now and I saw a skateboard and I'm feeling beachy weather, and I think there's some West African food that we're going to be learning about and stories Ah, that we're going to be learning about with our special guest, G-Day.
0: This is going to be so good. The last episode, last episode, we talked about, we wrapped up our conversations with individuals who joined us. In Albany for Queen's Day, Albany.
1: Right, the madness that was Queen's Day, at Albany, and all of the incredible food that went up there. That's right.
0: It was good madness. And speaking of madness, I actually took home with me some of Maxi noodles, and oh. Maxi was one on one of our episodes. Yes. Some of Maxi's. Um, Those little round things. The
1: dumplings that she had. The dumplings
0: were fire. Yeah,
1: they were absolutely delicious. I have to say to all of, I hope all of you who went to Albany are listening so you can hear me say that was my favorite bite of the night.
0: (laughs) There it is. There it is. Tune in and listen to the previous episodes of all the individuals who joined us on the mic to talk about their experiences and first time on... First time on, at Queen's Day, Albany. Man. What?
1: I'm just looking, I I can't believe this note about how many incredible episodes and people we've had on. It's just incredible.
0: Yeah. Wow. 28 incredible episodes. 30 amazing guests. Countless cuisines. All across Queens County.
1: All across Queens.
0: What? I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot. Is there... Is there a cuisine or a food that we had that stood out?
1: So for me, every single time we walked into someone's restaurant and they sat down and and shared their food with us and were so excited, that was my favorite each and every single time. It's so hard to compare. Once you get that story coming out from behind the food and you can really feel the emotion, feel the passion, it's each one is my favorite. I mean... I think each time I laughed and said this, what is my favorite now? And, and right. it just continues that way. Right. Yeah, it just builds.
0: The same with me. The, the gratitude that each person has felt because they were like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited when they first sat down. And then at the end of it, they were like, wow. It's
1: like this a is catharsis. pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, we released. So <laughs> you've, you've got to go back and listen to those previous episodes From this season of the individuals, those 30 amazing guests that we've had the opportunity to have conversation with and go to our Instagram and check out the food that we have experienced over these past 20 episodes.
1: And our listeners can also suggest places for us to go in our upcoming season.
0: They you certainly (laughs) can slide into our DMs. Yeah, slide into our DMs. We haven't got a lot. We haven't. I'm looking for the DM slides. I know. I've seen some messages, yeah. but come on, folks. Let's we need do to it. We need to hear <laughs> from you. So after this amazing music plays, the next voice you hear will be that of our amazing, wonderful guest from The Cradle, NYC. Can't wait. Stay tuned. Like that, we're back.
1: We are back. We're back with cr- the Cradle NYC owner G Day, who's going to tell us all about the Cradle NYC and all about um, skateboarding in uh, the Rockaways at the beach.
0: Exactly. <laughs> welcome. Welcome.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Jeff and Lada. Appreciate You're so it.
0: Welcome. Thrilled to have you here.
1: Yeah, thrilled to be out here this far too. So tell yeah. tell us about you and tell us about the Cradle.
2: Um, the, crad- the cradle is always was an idea, initially started with an idea, and then um, I traveled a little bit um, before I started college and everything, and something that really stood out was just like the presence of Nigerian food in certain parts of New York, that was one thing for me, and going to South Africa and living there for three months and realizing I miss Nigerian food in this part of the world. And I had such a craving for Nigerian food while I was there. So from there, I just started cooking my own food. And that's when I realized I really enjoy cooking. Because initially, I would cook with my mom. You know, my mom is a chef and everything. And she does, like, big caterings, too. So initially, growing up, I was always in the kitchen with my mom. And being away from her, I realized, oh, my goodness, I really enjoy cooking. And that's where it
0: typically comes from. You're around it. You're in the environment, and that's where you get the bug, whether you're cooking or you're just around it.
2: Yes. um, I didn't realize that until I was out of the the States, I should say. So that was just like an aha moment for me right there. So when I came back to New York City, I spoke to my now wife. You know, she was my girlfriend at that time. Thank you. So at that time, we were, you know, I spoke to him, like, I am I think I really want to go into this, like, this restaurant and, you know, get some Nigerian, start with Nigerian. Yeah, food what a sure.
1: meaningful experience it was then to go to South Africa and not have it to sort of spark that idea for you.
2: I, I was not expecting it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like, that was just a, hot, like, a journey for me to just realize that in a different part of the world and then coming back and realizing that, I can do it.
1: Wow. Yeah. And so does your mom. She does catering and you grew up eating Nigerian food at home here in New York. All the time. And did she have um, a restaurant as well or just the catering?
2: Um, she had a few restaurants in Nigeria before okay. we moved to New York. So that was just like, you know, I grew up in that industry already. That's so your
1: DNA really. Yeah.
2: I can say that. <laughs> I can say that. So that was that was one of the beautiful aspects of it, like being constantly in the kitchen has like allowed me to be to just build tolerance to like that hard work of like cooking and the love and it's like music you know when you're in the kitchen for me personally it's like music it's a form of art because um, mm-hmm. I've seen many different um, people cook and different different dishes but you know I've always seen other people present certain dishes in different ways but every day I wake up thinking How can I present this Nigerian dish in a different way every day?
0: And how long were you in South Africa before this epiphany
2: came? Um, I was in South Africa for three, almost three and a half months. um, Just living there, you know, being with the locals and eating a lot of like South African food and realizing South African food is almost like Indian food. They had all the masalas there and everything. I was like, oh man, but this is just not getting a spot for me. <laughs> so I, I ended up finding a small Nigerian shop like super far in the middle of nowhere. And that was my spot. Wow,
1: wow. So how did you decide on the spot you have here?
2: Um, so we, we initially started um, very small grassroots, um, you know, like self-funding for, of what we had. Um, with the food cart. And the food cart, if I tell you, it was a journey. I can't even go into it because it was just like prayers and everything um, from my family and the support of all my friends and my wife as well, mostly. Um, I literally drove across the United States with the food cart in a U-Haul. And every single moment, I was like, is this worth it? Is this (laughs) worth it? Is this (laughs) this worth it? But then halfway across, I'm like, I can't go back. (laughs) I've committed. (laughs) I have committed. Yeah, it was just a journey. It was a big journey for us just to, like, have the food cart um, and working with the money that we had. It was just mostly about finances at that very point. So I found something, and it was far, but I was willing to to do the work because that's what we do as Nigerians. We work. And the cooking aspect of it, you were in the
0: kitchen, you were around it, but you weren't cooking. So where did you hone, how did you hone your skills to, if you will, scale up to actually have a food cart?
2: Oh, I was cooking. We were all cooking. Okay. We were okay. all cooking. Yeah. Like at once, once you can hold the spoon, you are stirring that there pot of jollof rice. Once okay. you can hold the spoon, you are like... Stirring the stew, you know, that's that's how we are in our family. Okay, um, the moment that you're able to do something, you're doing it. You're, yeah, I, 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 our parents put up to put us up to it to just, you know, get in the kitchen, cook
1: really. That's culture, too. Yeah. Like, being, yes, being around that food and sticking the, the spoon in the pot is part of the culture. Yeah.
2: Or, that is true. Yeah. That is true. And I grew up with, um, you know, like we're three boys and one girl in our family. And my mom is always like, you got to learn how to cook as men. It's important for you. If men don't know how to cook, you're going to (laughs) suffer. She makes (laughs) a good point. So uh, learning how to cook, it was a really big thing for us too as boys.
1: Do you travel to Nigeria at all to to experiment or pick up flavors or anything?
2: It's funny that you said that because I just came back from Nigeria Ah! about four weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) So before I opened the restaurant, I was in Nigeria for a month um you know experimenting trying things exploring um different regions of Nigeria um that was like a beautiful a beautiful experience after South Africa so one year it was South Africa the following year was Nigeria to really see if this is really my thing and i realized it was so being back this summer um i'm really excited and happy to put some new th- and interesting things on the table um and you know the fun part about having a restaurant is, you can create things and you know and experiment and try things and talk to your community, and from there you'll know if they're really feeling it right. or if your taste buds are off. Right.
0: <laughs> I want to go back a step. Where did the name the Cradle
2: come from and originate from? Um, it was a fa- it was a family decision. We we we. Ran through some names, you know. We thought about it. We just discussed it. A lot of things, different different names, and the cradle just like was one of the many names that stood out to me personally. And I was like, it means a lot because a lot. yeah, it means a lot to me because the cradle is the beginning for me. The way I saw it, the cradle is the beginning of something much bigger than what we see currently. So and which is which is true um, about the restaurant we started with a food cart. And we already we envisioned us having a brick and mortar, and now we are at we have two locations currently. So you know, starting in the span of um, I guess maybe four years now, um, we've went from working you know like at our friend's restaurant in Brooklyn, you know doing like um, every two weeks or whatever, like Like, yeah, pop ups from doing that to like putting a food cart the on the boardwalk and I do have to you know give thanks to all the people that mentored me through all of that <laughs> process and they know th- they know who they are um, and from the from the food cart like literally the second year it was the pandemic we didn't know what to do. I'm like I have this amazing food cart I need to do something like I gotta help the community somehow So we took the food cart to the aqueduct test site. Um, I spoke to a few people, and then we finally took it there. We converted it to, like, smoothies and juices, and we were totally, like, banging out smoothies and juices for, like, the firefighters and stuff. And this is, like, just from the money we had saved for things that, you know, if we had to do stuff like this. Yeah. (laughs) So we were just banging out, like, smoothies and juices for people at the aqueduct test site. And we weren't really there for the glamour, the lights, and the publication. We were just there based on, like, it's a moral thing to do, you know. It's like, don't ask what your country can do for you, more like what can you do for your country kind of thing. And, and also
1: people who are motivated and passionate the way you are, you can't just sit down and stay home. Like yeah. You have to do something. We were, we
2: were <laughs> like working in Brooklyn, um, not in the city, making face masks. Yeah, oh. in this place on like by West 4th in the office mm-hmm. for like all the essential people. Mm-hmm. So we were just like, we're helping making face masks, but we need to be out there. And we were in the heat for um, three consecutive, yeah, I think three or four consecutive weeks. We were out there in the heat, scorching hot. We I loved it, though, because it's good to be giving back. Right. It was worth it. Juices and smoothies,
0: have those remained on your menu?
2: Yes. They've been there since day one.
0: So you were able to incorporate that into since you had this period of time when you weren't able to... Make food, yeah. Right.
2: So smoothies and juices were just that thing that I was able to accessibly get because, you know, um, I have a good relationship with our distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they brought that. They were like, oh, I told them what I was doing. The office was closed. But they was like, you know what, we'll make... We'll make it happen for you since this is what you guys are doing. So we spoke to them, and they were able to, like, assist us to getting the fruits and stuff. So it was just, like, really a big moment for us to be able to do something. And everyone just was, like, really happy to see us there every every few days that we were there. So we really were grateful for that opportunity.
1: And now you have two restaurants up and running. Tell us about the food and the menus
2: so the food is the food is west african but it's also a form of it's for me it's a form of art in terms of the presentation and how it is because west african food is typically like there's a lot of carbs i should say so and i'm a healthy person so is my wife well we eat healthy food so i was just i thought about it for so long like hey this needs to be different we need to bring something more interesting to the table And initially we started out with the roasted broccoli, the kale salad, you know, like we paired the like the Nigerian staple, which is the Nigerian jollof rice with kale salad, with salmon, you know, with um, with roasted plantains and everything like. We had uh, asparagus at one time. (laughs) Yeah, we had asparagus. I almost forgot that. (laughs) So we paired it with, like, so many different, like, healthy vegetables. And they were, like, they weren't fried. They were roasted. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's all about the cooking techniques of doing these simple dishes and also the flavor, the natural flavors that from roasting or from frying or just from stirring it, like, it really brings out this natural flavor that I really enjoy, you know. Because some of the food in Nigeria is like, there's a lot of seasoning involved in certain foods. And I'm just like, we can do without these things. We can do without it. So we were very fortunate because back in the days, back in the days, I used to volunteer at Edgemere Farm. So um, dating back to now, and during the pandemic, I was busy. Because I went back to Edgemere Farm, did a few like community hours and things like that. And they were like, hey, we have a little garden section, would you like to grow some things? Since we heard that you're opening the restaurant soon. I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. So, and that helped us a lot too, like just being able to like grow our tomatoes, scotch bonnets, peppers and things like that and that's what that's what made our food distinctive.
1: There's no comparison in the flavor profile from growing your own versus getting one at the store. Yes,
2: yes, and that was just like such a huge blessing for us because um, till this very day we'll still like we're still farming, growing parts of our some of our own vegetables. So we we're, we're able to like really experience that full that full spectrum of like what it means to be like farm to table and how to like really Allow people to taste that natural flavor, like no preservatives, none of the, none of those things, and being grown from the farm, the like the taste is really like it's divine. It's like you don't even need anything else, you right. know. If anything, maybe just pinch of salt, and it's already <laughs> done.
1: Spoken so. like a true artist. <laughs> it, it definitely,
2: most
0: definitely. So travel and inspiration. Do you have any trips coming up? Because it sounds like anytime you travel, you're inspired to do more things with food. So,
2: um, so us like for me, when I travel or when my wife and I travel, we we travel one to like you know just see new things. Um, for me, it's always to be inspired. Like I just go there where like I think about different things, and I'm there to just experience their environment to see like what they're doing and how they're doing it and how can I be more efficient in what I'm doing Mm -hmm. or more creative in what I'm doing and I just love the whole aspect of being able being a restaurant owner and being able to see from a whole different perspective than just being like the norms of like oh I got this amazing food but you don't know what really went into making it. But when I go to restaurants, I'm always really fascinated and interested in like kitchen equipment and seeing like how the chef is like really like sauteing the salmon or like the sizzling or like the aroma in that in the restaurant. Or what's the smell? You know, that really catches my attention. I'm just like, what is that smell? Can I have that? Whatever that smell is. Like that's what Have I you watch. ever
1: jumped into anyone's kitchen and gone back there and, and um, <laughs> done some time?
2: Quite quite <laughs> quite a, quite a <laughs> few times. Quite a few times. Oh nice. So yeah, so it's just like being able to talk to people and being able to like, you know, just be there. In Nigeria I had I had that experience, you know, like I was able to like my aunt cheese she cooks and stuff too, so she works at this um she works at this place as a cook and I was like, Oh, I gotta I gotta come, you know, I gotta come over there and see what you're doing. And I was there and I'm like, wow, this is like, this is what it feels like to be at home. And I was able to like get some really good pictures of like being in Nigeria and some videos and just be inspired by the food. Like every day I was, I was like, I need to try something new and something old. Like, you know, that's cultural, that's ethnic, that's like street food. And I did all of that within like the two and a half weeks that I was in Nigeria. Every day I was eating out.
1: And then you're able to put a healthy spin on it to, to put on your menu, which is yeah. incredible.
2: Because wow. um, we're going to have off-the-menu items oh. this summer off-the-menu. Tell off the, the listeners,
1: menu. do is there anything you can tell them? Is it super secret?
2: Um, it's not super <laughs> secret. It's pretty, it's pretty public once okay, you good. come. So the off-the-menu item, it's just, it's in person. You can order, you cannot order it online. You you have to come. And off-the-menu off, off the menu will be on Fridays, like Friday evening, so we're doing this like really cool Nigerian night kind of thing. We can we can call it West African, you know. Every, everyone's welcome. So um, we all you get to try some of the seasonings that I brought back, some of the new techniques that um also I've learned in Nigeria and I've seen um how the process goes. So that would include having some suya and I have some ideas. I've been I've been I've been thinking about it so much and dreaming about it so it's going to be really good we're taking we're taking out the grill this summer oh my as gosh. well exciting! Oh. so the grill i i can't wait because that aroma when it yeah. gets in the air it's just like what is that grilling
1: what's your favorite thing to grill
2: suya Huh? yeah like so because we because i was able to get like some of the suya rubs and also mm-hmm. i'm growing some of the um this nigerian seasoning because i brought back seeds from nigeria nice you know that's a typical farmer thing, um, <laughs> because I need to have access to these things, and you know I don't have time calling Nigeria for it. So, I, <laughs> so I'm growing my own.
0: So for our listeners and myself who was unfamiliar with Sulia, what explain
2: what that is? So, um, so suya is like it's a com- it's a combination of like different spices, like the um the red the red pepper from Nigeria it's grounded um really smoothly mm-hmm. so they also have like some like a little bit of cumin in there so it's just like the aroma of it like thyme a little bit of curry as well so all of these like really a little bit of salt too can't mm-hmm. forget that and it has a peanut um essence to it too so like a bit of the peanut oil really brings the seasonings together so once you try it you might it's going to have a little bit of like that peanut flavor But you'll be able to, like, say, okay, this is, this is it. Especially
1: charred on a grill, just opening up all those spices. Mm, I can taste it. Because when
2: it's, (laughs) like, especially it has to be marinated. So it's marinated for a few days. And then the minute that, like, we unwrap it and we just put it on there with a little bit of oil, it's, like, it just starts sizzling away. And it cannot be done any other way but grilled. Yeah. So you can't be cooked. It has to be grilled. Yeah.
0: So your restaurant in relation to the beach and where all these individuals will come up from, are you close to the beach where, so when you start grilling on Friday evenings, the aroma draws people in?
2: You know what? I don't need to be close to the beach because okay. we got the breeze. <laughs> I've I've done the calculation. I'm like, okay. you
1: followed the scent of the breeze. Yeah. yeah,
2: I'm just like, you know what? I'm actually grateful because we are in a beach town. There's a lot of breeze. Uh, Once that if anyone starts grilling two blocks away, I'm just like where's it coming from? Where's that? (laughs) All the time. So now I'm I'm like, okay, two blocks about radius. It's good enough for people to walk comfortably. Yes. yes. So I'm excited. The
0: the area that your restaurant is in, are there other restaurants in that area or are you unique to that space?
2: Um, There there was some restaurants there before, so unfortunately they're no longer there, but um, we're the only restaurant on that block, actually. So we're a little bit further in, not not too far in, but just a little bit more in on Beach 96th Street. Okay. Um, a lot of people do miss us sometimes, but once, once we put our sign back on the street on the days that we're open, then they know that we're there. But once you come, I then you, say, you, you once forever you go, know, once you'll know how to give you forever <laughs> know like we're there. You forever know, and um, so FYI, we're gonna bring out some Nigerian puff puffs to some people at the ferry this summer. Oh
0: wow! Puff puffs. Okay, now uh, so what's a puff puff?
2: So um, so puff puffs is like a beautiful baby between the American donut and like a Zeppelin. Because the puff puff is, like, really fluffy on the inside, and it's just, like, a little bit, sometimes slightly crunchy on the outside, but that texture, once you open it, it's just, like, almost like a perfect donut, but not a donut.
1: Right, a nice fried dough that's just incredible.
2: And it's fluffy. Puff puff. I know. Yes. Now you have to
1: take the ferry so you can get a puff puff. Yeah, oh, no. Wow. We. I mean, if you
2: take the ferry, we're gonna have we're gonna have oh, it there. If we're gonna incredible. have it. Um, state like we're gonna have. We're bringing out the food cart actually, which nice. is our iconic, um, staple. So That's so great. The food cart is our thing. So once you see the food car, you know we're there. Is
1: it going to travel around a little bit during the summer? or That's stay the goal. The yeah.
2: That's the goal. I want everyone in the Rockaways to just try some samples of puff puffs. Like, you don't have to buy. Just sample some. There you go. Yeah. So that's our goal for people to just, we want to spread the love a little bit more this summer. Last summer, you know, we tried our best by getting a second location to just introduce a lot more people. But we feel like, especially on this Rockaway Peninsula, a lot of people. A lot of people, which is unfortunate, are not exposed to, like, especially West African dish, I can say for myself. It's because people will show up, and they wouldn't know how to interact or what to say, or they'll just be lost. And that's something that I've personally been working on a lot, is to make it as easy as possible for whoever comes to our door to feel welcome and to understand. But you know what always bridges the gap? is the Puff puffs? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is so great. That's what I was gonna say too, is access to, to understanding foods from from people's cultures. Are there other West African or Nigerian restaurants around that you have eaten at in New York City?
2: I have, I have I've eaten quite quite a few. Yeah. Um, some are no longer existing. Yeah. I think it's like maybe about three of them that I would go to sometimes in Queens. Um, but then we have some in Brooklyn, um, that I frequent at, okay. Because um, I used to live in Brooklyn for like half a year, until I realized it's too hot in Brooklyn. I need to go back to the <laughs> Rockaways.
1: But it's so. not a real common cuisine in yeah. the city, so it's really important to educate on it.
2: So um, one of my the spot that I do go to um, in Brooklyn, it's called Fingerlickin'. Oh. It's like in a really chill spot. Um, so, but when you go there, you do kind of have to know what you're getting yourself into. So you have to have some prior knowledge. Because when, d- when you get <laughs> there, it's not like... A lot of people, like some African restaurants, they don't have time to kind of explain the dishes to you. They expect you to come and like know already like yeah. what you want. So that's something you have to kind of know. But not for us. You just come. That's, that's right.
0: We'll teach you. <laughs> well, definitely keep that in mind. So off
2: the menu begins when? Um We're... The last week of May, the last week of May.
1: And how many days a week are you guys open? We're open
2: five days a week, Wednesday to Sunday. Um, our second location is at Reese Beach. Oh, cool. So yes, Jacob Reese Park. It's um, 159 in the Rockaways, so we're also there um, seven days a week, except for when it rains. That's when we're not there. So we're going to be open when all the concessions open. And that's like up on the 20th of this month. Wow. So in a few weeks. That's
0: incredible. Pretty cool. Tell yeah. us where individuals can find you on Instagram, your social media, your website. All
2: um, you can find us at the cradle NYC. Um, that's our Instagram and also our Twitter handle and all the handles. OK. Um, or you can just, you know. Google the Cradle NYC. We're here.
0: And location here in Rockaway again. Give the location.
2: um The address is one nine four Beach ninety six Street Rockaway Park, New York one one six nine
0: three. And for those folks who are Jacob Reese Beach, it
2: is. Is this Beach one? Beach one. 150, 159 okay. Jacob Reese Park. Got it. Rockwood got Park, it. New York, 11694.
1: Yeah. Incredible. Incredible business person and incredible Instagram. Um, I'm gonna be looking later too to see more pictures of the baby. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Congratulations yeah. on everything. Yeah. Thank so you great. So much. Thank Congrats. You. Oh yeah. So G what else would you like to tell our listeners besides come and experience this and eat? Anything else that you'd like to share with people?
2: Um, the restaurant business is amazing. I love it. And also, one of the beautiful things about having a restaurant that's really different is the fact that we get to explore and we get to, like, kind of be in different people, like, have different ethnicity and interact with different people and see, see how, like, they think about, see what they think about our food and how they see our food. And then also, um, I'm, our goal always is to introduce people and to spread that love of, like, West African food. Um, to as many people who are ready to try we just want people to just show up at the cradle and just know we'll definitely give you a sample of something to try because we want you to try and to you don't have to buy but we want you to have a little bit of taste yeah. and understanding of you know the flavor profiles and what we're doing Incredible. so and
0: know. that's a way to engage new customers yes new business
2: that's the
1: goal, that's and the it's goal. an incredible reciprocity too to listen to the feedback as well. So to educate and then hear what people are thinking about. Right, that's, it's that's such it. a passion project.
2: Yeah, that's. I've. It took me. It <laughs> took me. It took me literally two years to figure it out, to like do more of that. You know, we would do that on certain occasions, but I'm just like, we need to do more samples this summer. So that's definitely a big deal when it comes to owning a restaurant and also getting customers or being known in your communities to go out there, sample, samples, 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 talk to people, and you'll definitely get good feedbacks and hopefully increase in more foot traffic and sales. Right. Wow.
1: Yes. I mean, I'm certainly so, more visible to me now. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> wonderful. Definitely. Oh, I'm so excited.
0: Day, this has been amazing. Thank, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you for taking time out to tell us all about your story and about the food. I cannot wait to taste it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank yeah. you. We definitely have to do that.
2: Lauda, you're partying. Oh,
1: my gosh. Stay adventuresome and support your local restaurants. G-Day?
2: I do have to say one more thing. Yes. yes. So if you do take the ferries to the Rockaways, just know the Cradle Food Cart will be out there with puff puffs.
1: Ah. Just keep reminding people.
2: The puff puffs. <laughs> love puff. it. I you need some skywriting. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Like we're, the plane. We're going to have balloons and everything.
1: Great.
2: Look for the balloons <laughs> and the skywriting. And, riding the, smell and, of the, and
1: puffs. the
0: smell of the puff puffs. This yes. has been great. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. Thank Greatly appreciated. Peace and love to everyone. Continue to follow Queen's Chamber on all of our social media platforms and, of course, our podcast. Everywhere you get your podcast. And until you hear, This amazing music once again. We will be back.